Welcome to the Legendary Upside Podcast. My name is Pat Corain. You can find all of my content at legendaryupside.com. Today, I am joined by Chris G and Sacrilegious. We're going to be talking playoff best ball, and we're going to be talking lessons learned, some of the early lessons learned. I mean, the tournament is like halfway done. So, you know, maybe the lessons that we'll have after the entire tournament uh, are different than the lessons that we have currently. But I thought it'd be kind of interesting to talk through where our heads are at two rounds into this four round tournament. Um, guys, how you doing? Uh, I'm, doing I'm doing good. pretty good. Good. Yeah, it's been I would say it's been kind of a, a bumpy ride here in the playoff best ball world where we had uh, a really weird round one where there was a lot of scoring, but basically the guys you needed were like like losing teams, right? You needed Dak, you know, obviously Aaron Jones would have helped you quite a bit and he went on to win, but this is a tournament where you're generally drafting teams that, you know, you, you think are going to be able to get to the conference championship game. Sure enough, the Packers go to San Francisco and they lose. So Aaron Jones certainly helpful, but now he's out of the tournament. Um, you had big... Uh, performances from uh, CJ Stroud in round one, which helped, but now he's out of the tournament. I had a Tua solo team that advanced out of round one. A lot of Dak stuff that advanced out of round one and then was obviously completely dead in round two. The Rams scored really well. Uh, I joked that after round during the Rams game, I was like, if the Rams lose this game, it's just going to take Jawan Jennings to advance out of round two. <laughs> Jawan Jennings actually had a decent game. <laughs> but it was it was kind of nuts where it was like so much of what you need to get through round one was then immediately dead in round two. And I had a lot of stuff, like really fun Raven stuff, you know, die on the vine in round one, never got through because it didn't have any of those pieces. So this does feel like kind of a guy you need year. Um, but it's weird guys that you need because, you know, the two seed Cowboys were had a round one exit. So it's just a, it's a strange year, I would say, for it. And then this past uh, year or this past week, we had Josh Allen be kind of the guy you need. I um, mean, yeah, I was my Josh Allen stuff was cruising to advancement, but now, of course, it's dead. So any thoughts just kind of on the macro here on this uh, this playoff best ball run out? I've, I've got a 10,000 foot view um, because I know that for people who were drafting, like I recommended to draft and how I drafted you, if you got down a good amount of volume, you're likely in an extremely good spot with just a couple teams, which is kind of the whole point, right? It's one team is going to be the thing that makes or breaks your ROI this season. If you didn't draft a bunch of volume, the way that this year played out, you're probably kind of sad right now and you might have no teams left. And that's just the nature of the beast really with playoff best ball in that, yeah, we could take away the wrong lessons from this year and say, oh, next year, I'm really going to make sure I sprinkle in a couple one-offs for guys just in case they go off. They're the skeleton key that get me through each round. But the way that it happened this season doesn't mean that it's going to happen that way next season. Like it could just as likely be that the Cowboys in this season where they get knocked out in round one win. Well, the Cowboys are probably a bad example. They're never going to win a playoff game, but a team that has guys you need on it could win in fact in a round and then advance. And now you've got all of these super teams. And so really what we're looking at now, and I'm sure that, you know, in, in round two, if you were sweating your pods and looking there were a pretty large amount of like entirely stone dead teams. I went, I went through a lot mm -hmm. of my pods 
and saw teams where, you know, or pods where there's only four teams with a quarterback, you know, and, and everyone else is basically dead unless you just, they have a player that they got a nuclear performance from that no one else had, right? They had Mike Evans and no one else in the pod had Mike Evans. And they also had CMC maybe advance without a quarterback. Right. And so I think what you could be kind of misled into is, Oh, I needed all these one-off guys to actually advance. But what happens in a year like this is the teams that do have those one-off guys and are just all over the board, not really fielding coherent rosters for the championship round end up just having teams that are like min cash merchants in the finals. And you're going to have enough people that manage to sneak through a Baltimore SF team or, you know, a KCSF team, or, you know, who knows, maybe Detroit goes to the Super Bowl. but you're going to have people that snuck those teams through. And in years like this, all that that means then is those teams that get into the finals. It's kind of like how last year was where almost no teams could field a full finals roster in the Super Bowl. And so if you were one of those eight people in the gauntlet, your team's worth five figures of expected value. You know, the games haven't even been played yet. You got five figures of expected value. Easy peasy. And that's kind of how it feels like it's going to play out again this year. We're going to get to the finals. The cards are going to turn over. And you're going to have such a small number of teams that have, number one, the ability to field a complete roster. And number two, good players to fill out those five spots where I – I would hazard a guess that even in a 400 person final, like the gauntlet, when you turn the cards over, if it's a Baltimore, San Francisco Super Bowl, I would guess you have zero Purdy teams remaining in it, right? Uh, You might have one to five, I would say. And then you'll have, you know, Lamar has gone crazy. So Lamar seems like he could be represented in the finals a decent amount. But you're basically going to have, I don't know, 30 to 50 Lamar teams, depending on how well he does next week, and then single-digit amount of Purdy teams, and then the other 300-something teams are just stone dead. And so when years like this play out, you just end up with your few that sneak through having a disproportionate amount of expected value than if it was a year where everything plays out easy and people advance all these incredible teams, you might feel better because your team looks sick going into the finals, but then you're dueling against so many other good teams. Sorry if that was a, a long-winded response there. No, not at all. Um, I actually, like, it's really good to talk about, too, the Wild Card Weekend. All the quarterbacks, like, the ones that advanced in that first round had suboptimal scoring for fantasy points. So, like, Mahomes, Goff, they all had, like, 15 to 16 points. Flacco, which is a guy that we were on a lot because of his throwing tendencies, had a minimal output. So you needed guys that yeah, Dan- Daniel was busy today for this for this pub. He, he actually <laughs> was <laughs> but, but for the black but, uh, <laughs> recap. And then and then here's the issue for us. We were attacking the gauntlet early throughout the whole entire quarter, like we're talking about. We didn't even know Green Bay was going to be the seventh seed. We didn't know the Rams were going to sneak in that early until like week 17, week 18. We're like, oh, they're finally getting me to finally draft some Rams, which I'm like, if that's a key lesson for me, is like, hey, maybe I need to slow down on the front end, maybe pace myself more like Zach was talking about, which is, hey, maybe I'll do 30 teams a week or 20 teams a week and get my exposure over the course of the the, the uh, gauntlet opening. Because I was, at the end, when I had a lot of my teams at the end had a lot of more information edge, and that allowed me to, like, get those teams going against, like, C.J. Stroud versus Flacco, mm-hmm. uh, getting Jordan Love. So maybe there's something to, like, 
I don't want to say barbell approach, but just maybe consistency over the course of the, the contest. I would say barbell approach if you're that's difficult because the contests start to fill and like I I got in 132 gauntlet teams and I plan to max it um, and I wasn't able to and then and then I'm like it's just like a lot happening. DraftKings launched all their contests, so I think in just in terms of like when I draft, one of my lessons learned is actually I want to be I might want to be like. I don't want to say done with the gauntlet, but leaving myself, I think I left myself like 50 because I got kind of busy in the, at the end of the week before the final week. And so I, I went into the final week with like 50 teams left and I got like 20 done. So I think leaving like only 20, knowing that there's going to be a lot of other contests, the gauntlet two will open up once the gauntlet fills, right? There's going to be other stuff, some, some other big mittens, that kind of thing. Plus DraftKings will probably have stuff. So I think, yeah, like for my overall portfolio, maybe I draft the most in that final week, but for the gauntlet specifically, uh, trying to get most of that done before the final week, I think would be a, an improvement for myself. Um, yeah, I do think it's pretty interesting. Like, I guess, let me illustrate, because one of the things that I think jumps out is two quarterbacks. Right, the feeling that I should have actually drafted more two quarterback teams is one that comes to mind. You, Stack, you mentioned it's probably not going to be any Purdy teams. You know, it's like, well, what if I had just gone like Lamar Purdy and tried to play it a little bit more conservative in that way and get the benefit of, you know, maybe maybe Lamar loses this week, but then I get my Purdy team into the Super Bowl and I'm the only Purdy team, something like that. But I will say I, I have a team, and I don't even know why I drafted this team this way. I don't remember drafting this team, but I drafted Mahomes and Allen um, together, and this is in the gauntlet. And I think this is probably fairly early on because I drafted Mahomes first, um, right? But I've got McCaffrey, and Allen helped me get there. I don't think this team advances if it's not an Allen team. I think it, it only advanced by a couple points. So, yeah, I missed by like two points. So it wouldn't have made it without Allen. Um, and, you know, so I'm like, okay, so this is, this is sweet. I, I've got this team that can now get into the final, but I actually already, I have this other team that also advanced that's just like this team, but better. And so, like, I have a better version of this same team. Surely someone else does as well. I mean, this might not be the best version of this other chiefs to the Super Bowl team out there. I mean, maybe someone's gotten even, even better version, but I was able to get this one through with just having Jake Ferguson, Brandy cooks. Um, and then I, and that's pretty clean. It's just chiefs 49 or Super Bowl. So this is the style of team that we were suggesting people draft. It is alive. It is a better version of another team where, you know, I kind of, I don't know exactly why I did this, but, um, I, surely I was hoping they wouldn't play each other in round two. <laughs> I think it was early enough before we knew. Maybe at the time I thought the Chiefs had a chance to get the bye. I don't know. But um, you can see how, like, you know, losing Diggs, Davis, Kincaid, Josh Allen, this team's just so much weaker, and it's going to maybe limp into the Super Bowl, but it won't really bring all that much value to my portfolio. And so while some like losing some of these teams really hurts – um, I do think it. we do want to keep our eye on the prize of building the teams that are at least like very live if certain things break. Uh, this team needs the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl, which probably won't happen, 
but at least if that unlikely thing occurs, it's it's very live. Yeah, and I would say just to push back a little bit on the, yeah, you needed Josh Allen to advance week one, but scroll down and look at your wide receivers. Oh, was I not actually sharing? Yeah, I, I was trying to, so uh, sorry, I think I was only ever sharing that one team. Oh, okay. Um, let me just show the other team real quick. Um, yeah, well, and while you're setting up that, I mean, I'll, I'll just go through my teams real quick. And uh, I have a Detroit, Jared Goffled, and Kansas City team that advanced all the way to the this divisional round and was literally six points away from advancing to the conference finals. And that's with Jared Goff, who averaged like 15 points a game each week. It just it's comes down to a couple of factors. One, how good your initial pot is. And then two, the luck of the pod draw. Yeah, you that's need a little work. bit of luck. You definitely yeah. need a little I, bit of luck. I had a Lamar CMC team in the original gauntlet that put up 89.58. Went through my pods. That advances in well over 50% of my gauntlet pods. Unfortunate. I just happened to be in a pod where like four dudes had CMC, two had Allen, and one had Lamar. And that was... That was all she wrote. That that team, if it goes to next week, because it is a it was a Lamar CMC with good Ravens pieces like Zay Flowers, you know, not not just like the three dart throw Ravens at the end of the draft, Justice Hill. Um, yeah, that one probably has like I don't know, comfortably into like five figures of equity and probably like over twenty thousand dollars of equity if it gets to next week and the cards get turned over and there's no other teams with Lamar CMC, you know, like. So that it's literally sometimes you, you just, it's better to be lucky than good. You know, we'd prefer to be both, um, but, but I think but, you want, you want your luck to come through for you in the early rounds and then show up with the nuts rather than limp in and then be like, God, if, if, you know, Rasheed Rice, uh, sorry, if um, Richie James has the game of his life, then right. maybe if he scores 50, I'm live. <laughs> like, that's not where you want to be. You want to get like, lucky to get that. Yeah, or like, or like betting on CMC to get injured in the first drive and Elijah Mitchell or Jordan Mason gets all the work or Kyle right. Eustace gets a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Insane. Yeah. Sorry. So, so, sorry. This was, so this was the other team I was saying basically as my team block. So, so this, this team here, this team here has Mahomes and Allen. And this is the team that I was showing the entire time. Right. So what is alive is, Pacheco, McCaffrey, and this weaker stack, Tony, Marcus Valdez, Scantling. So it has five to the Super Bowl with Mahomes, but it's not the strongest five, especially since this is literally another one of my teams with McCaffrey, Pacheco, Kittle, Rice, uh, Justin Watson, Marcus Valdez, Scantling. So, like, yeah, like there's, I've got, um, what, uh, do I have anyone on this team that they don't have on the other? Maybe not. So it's, it's you don't wild. have Tony. Huge, huge loss. No, <laughs> that's right. Okay, so Tony, that's what it is. So if Tony goes nuts, but I don't think you want to be in a position where, like, you know, you're betting, you're hoping your luck shows up where Kadarius Tony goes for 40 in the Super Bowl. You'd much rather that your luck allows you to get a team that wouldn't have advanced in most pods through one of the rounds. And then it's built the right way to show up in the final. Like so much of this is you're flipping over the cards in the final and you, what you want to see is a team that's perfectly constructed to take down that round. So yeah. So, so this team is the team that basically has my other team blocked. And the assumption is that 
if if I have one of these teams, surely other people in the the Super Bowl, if the Chiefs make it, will will also have me blocked. Yeah, that's and I think that's a really good point because it's like, what did you sacrifice on that Bills team where you had Josh Allen? Well, you sacrificed being able to get Rashi Rice or Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, right? Which you were able to get on the other one where you didn't take Bills. The other thing that, and this is more specifically like how the distribution of Bills players points come, like the Bills were such a bad team to draft at all without Josh Allen. Like you should never really have had any Bills players unless you had Josh Allen on the team because so much of the offense goes through Josh Allen that if you ever show up to a Super Bowl and you're playing the NFC side against Josh Allen, and you're like, but I've got Stephon Diggs. He's good for five for 42. Like, you're dead. I'm sorry. You're stone dead. So that was why the teams that I did draft with Bills were all Josh Allen. And then I would try to push Diggs and Cook and every Bill. I would just push them as far as I can and load up on skill position players on other teams to try and get, like, let me get an Ayuk and Kittle with Josh Allen team. And if you take Stefan Diggs, you can have him. I'm going to take the wide receiver one for the bills, Khalil Shakir in the last round. It's okay. <laughs> and, and so I think that there is lots of not optimal decision-making around how people were drafting the bills where you were sacrificing so much, especially after they beat the chiefs. It was like, after they beat the chiefs, that window was slammed shut in the original gauntlet of like, it was good to draft the bills. Like, it was probably still good to draft Josh Allen, but like at that point it was like draft Josh Allen, click enough bills that you get five in the Super Bowl, and that's where you can do a smart version of what what I think people are going to be drawn to of like I want a bunch of one-offs. It's like what about a bunch of two-offs? How about you get, you know, two bucks and, you know, two 49ers and, you know, you'll get your three bills and that'll be your Super Bowl and then maybe shoot throw in, you know, two Chiefs and there you go. Now you got a bunch of players that are live to score points on teams could conceivably meet in the conference championship. And that's really what we're advocating for um, is just build it out. Like you're playing the nuts in the conference championship. Um, in fact, I've got, let me, let me see if I can find this one where it's like, this is the exact thesis of, of what we're trying to do. Um, yeah, this is, this is the one. Let me go ahead and share this. So this is what we're trying to do. And I'll, I'll zoom in here a little bit. I'm rolling into the third round with 10 live players and whoever wins the 49ers and Lions game, I'm probably winning the mitten too. Because if it's the 49ers, I'm Lamar, CMC, Beckham, Aguilar, Mark Andrews. Like, And if Andrews is active in the Super Bowl and I have CMC Mark Andrews, and I managed to get this through, like, it, it, my worst case scenario is I'm, you know, maybe chopping or finishing like top 10 if it's just an unlucky run out for me, right? And then if Detroit wins, well, then I've got Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ra, Sam Laporta, and still all of these Ravens, right? I have, I have all of the best pieces that you could conceivably get on both teams, and all 10 of these are live. So I'm going to roll up in my pod next week and... I'm probably going to be this pretty is, close. This is the, the filthiest team I've, I've seen. I'm probably going to be close to 100% advance rate, right? So, like, this is what you're trying to do. It doesn't always work out this way, right? But, like, 
what I think the, the key takeaway for me is there are years where it really goes your way when everything just broke, right? right? Like for me, the way it would have all gone my way is the Cowboys managed to miraculously come back week one. And I have all these Cowboys teams through that are supporting all my other teams. And CJ Stroud actually had a better week, you know, against the Ravens and helped to push through some more Lamar teams by compensating for the lack of Baltimore skill position scoring. Right. Cause I had a lot of Houston with, with Baltimore. And so when those things happen, it's like, yeah, I feel great. Cause I have like double or triple the amount of teams live in round three, but all that's happening now is the well-constructed teams are just going to be fewer and farther between it going forward in the tournament. So the teams that you do have that are really, really live just contain so much more equity in them. And so that's like, it feels bad when this run out goes this way. Um, but it's like, I promise if you just got one or two good ones, like just hang on for the ride. Cause you're, you're still very live. Yeah. I had 36 gauntlet teams through uh, round one. And I think, I believe 18 of them were not like I, I went through and I looked which ones were solo DAC or so a solo Tua. And I, I think that was like 18 of them. Um, it was nuts. It was like, ha- like, I forget exactly if it was, but yeah, I think about half my teams were like, literally I marked dead. They were dead for first. Um, and then I got, I got six teams of the 36 through, uh, this round. And again, half of them I've gone through and labeled dead Allen solo. So I've, so it has been the advance rates. It's one of the lessons learned for me is that like the advance rates don't tell the story at all because you're getting stuff through that's completely dead. And these are well-built teams. They're just, they're just Allen solo teams that you know, uh, he put up a lot of points. He's out. They're not getting through. I had a team on DraftKings that was the only team in a five-person pod with a quarterback. That quarterback though was Josh Allen, and now it don't have any live play. It easily advanced, and now it will be, you know, uh, making someone else life easier in a pod next week. But I think was, as we flip over the cards on the pods, the stuff that you showed Zach is going to be extremely live to advance. The stuff that I showed, I think will be live to advance. It's just who wins the, who wins the games. Now I feel like we're coming down to like, I think maybe, I don't know, I guess I will see, but I think some of the pain of like, Oh my God, I have the nuts and it didn't advance because you kind of needed pieces on the losing team to really get through. And then those don't help you. Like some of that has to be coming to an end because the pods are going to be so riddled with these dead Allen teams now too. And there's also going to be people showing up who, who've got Puka and Aaron Jones and all, you know, and, and the Houston stuff and all the stuff you've needed to date. And it's like, you know, there you could be looking at pods that have like, CMC and Jawan Jennings is the only pieces on them that are live anymore. Yeah, right. Imagine if we knew if Ferguson and Puka were the guys you needed for all those Lamar San Fran teams that we wanted to draft. Be sick, but we don't. And uh, I'm looking at my teams, uh, Pat. I got 46 through to the divisional, and I got like zero teams live. Because, like, like I said, uh, it's a little bit of pod luck. I had a lot of Kansas City. That was like smash. I had all the four guys, right? 
Pacheco, Kelsey, Rice. I just so happen to have a lot of, you know, Dallas pieces, you know. I had a lot of guys that are Detroit pieces that didn't score enough. Like, I really like Detroit and I really like Dallas for those ancillary pieces. And uh, they didn't score a lot of points. If you didn't have the certain guys like Laporta getting the 11 points in the first round or Gibbs with the double digits points as your running back position, you know, you were you were hurting. You were hurting. A lot of those teams hurt that were really well-constructed and still got eliminated. And this round, I'm like, I'm watching that game, Buffalo-Kansas City game. I'm like, man, Buffalo's going to pull us out. They're going to just pass it to Diggs right in the end. And they're going to milk the clock and win the game. <laughs> they did and pass then, the uh, Diggs. No, no, I know that one, but I'm talking <laughs> about the one where Shakir, Shakir in the end zone. I'm like, yeah, he's wide open uh, in the flat. I'm like, you got to kill the time, man. You, yeah. you know what happened last year, the other year. So, um I'm with you guys, and like I think Sack is dead on about this. Have a well-constructed team, and then be be intelligent. Get your pot into the next round with a well-built team, and hope for a little bit of variance and hope for a little bit of luck. You know. So I'm going to share another team here. This is a this is another team that I have live in the gauntlet. This is my other team that I would say is live or first in the gauntlet, but it requires an even less likely Super Bowl. <laughs> Kansas City, Detroit. Um, this is Mahomes, Pacheco, Gibbs, Kelsey, Aminra, Laporta, Ferguson helped get it through. Uh, Justin Watson, Michael Gallup. So it had it was Dallas, Detroit, uh, with KC solo AFC on the other side. Um, I also have a big mitten that is a, a KC build. So I, I desperately need the Chiefs to make the Super Bowl, which they probably won't. And I this kind of brings up the the larger point, I think this team in particular, where it's Detroit KC, I built it clean. You know, the, it's gotten here, but now I need this KC Detroit Super Bowl that like we're not going to get. And so, what's the point of what's the point of this? Should, like, should because because this leads me to feel like I I would like to focus more on building out teams. From the perspective of, I really think this team's going to make the Super Bowl. And in that case, for me, I, I really wish I just like pounded Lamar a lot more in round one. And I didn't do that. I think I think it was like this weird thing where I was like, well, San Francisco is so much easier to build. And like going Lamar and, the, you know, then Debo and Ayuk is like, it's a little, it's less clean than if I do Ayuk and, you know, I can try to get Purdy and it's all just San Francisco and then I have a few different outs for who makes the Super Bowl on the AFC side. Um, but I really wish I had some Lamar. <laughs> and the only way to get Lamar when things are this chaotic, right, is to draft a lot of Lamar, I think. And that's, it's as simple as that. And I just really wish I had, like, just prioritized making sure I had the, the the high scoring quarterback from the AFC that I thought was the best chance to make the Super Bowl. Here I am. And it's all chief stuff because it was just so much easier to build. Um, any thoughts on, on that? And kind of just like putting your foot down and saying, I'm going to make sure my portfolio is overweight on this guy, even if the market is going to make it hard to build with him. You, you brought up in my brain, like three incredibly important points. And so I'm going to try and get through all of them before I forget them. But the first one is I think that it's human nature to want to build the teams that feel easier, feel like better teams. I'm going to reference an Eagles tweet where 
he said he really doesn't like taking any of the 49ers other than CMC because it's really hard to build a good 49ers team. And it's just this conflict, like your brain is not properly processing what a good team is. You're thinking through like, but a good 49ers team would have Kittle and Ayuk and Debo and CMC. And it's like, yeah, dude, that's not possible. So you just need to think through what do the best 49ers teams in the tournament look like? And if you can build teams that are close to that, you should probably be building them. And then, okay, so that was, I'm going to kind of rapid fire these and then we can go dive deeper down these points because I want to make sure I get through them. The next thing is, you know, Lamar was kind of my my stand that I took. I was over 30% Lamar early on in the tournaments before he got more expensive in price. And I still clicked him as he rose in price because I wanted to try and maintain that hugely overweight position because the lesson I learned from last year when I faded the KC and Eagles Super Bowl matchup was you get a lot of teams through, you're playing a lower risk style. But then just like you said, earlier pat when you get to that last round and you're flipping the cards over when you flip the cards over and you've played this lower risk style oftentimes you're flipping over a hand like if we we're calling them poker hands you're flipping over one pair or you're flipping over high card and the people that were willing to risk it and play those bi-week teams play that bi-week quarterback that you're like this guy's going to the super bowl this year but it's scary and i don't want to lose my teams it's like yeah but if you did play that you were willing to sit in there for that straight flush draw and now you hit and you're in the finals with a straight flush and the only thing that beats a straight flush is a royal flush so you're sitting in a pretty good spot and that's that's kind of how i feel like you should be treating these styles of drafting and so for me i think something that i want to hit on for an article next season is being able to mix the way that you're drafting your teams in your portfolio for and really like separating the way we view bi-week teams and it's the full one seed v one seed is the most aggressive right then it's one seed v anybody is the next most aggressive and then you have no bi-week teams and if you've got a good chunk of your portfolio in this no bi-week team space you can play this tournament and probably lose very little money even if things go poorly for you because you'll be the advance rate maestro in the first round right you'll crush everyone and then just by nature of having a lot of bullets in the second round you'll you'll probably do okay and if you're building thoughtful teams in that way too you'll still end up with a lot of live players in the second round now you just run into those you know one seed teams that did make it through that are probably going to be a little stronger than you just because of the nature of those teams um but if a non-one seed makes the super bowl like if the chiefs make the super bowl this year like my more conservative approach of you know, building around the Chiefs, and and I would say I built a lot of 49ers because it was easier to to stack them. It was it was harder for me to see. Well, basically, you had to reach on Lamar, which was the sharp move, but I wasn't doing that a ton. Um, Same. So, you know, and Sax got Sax got us all beat now because he was reaching on Lamar and he was able to get some Lamar stuff through. And until you'd much rather be in the position that you are in, but the. Ravens might lose, and then right. all of a sudden the Chiefs stuff looks awesome. Um, but I do – do you feel like in those scenarios – like if I make the Super Bowl uh, with my Chiefs stuff, do you feel like I'm going to show up and it's going to be other teams that are pretty similar to mine? Whereas if you make it, you're going to be like, I'm like the only guy here that did – that has this super clean 10 players live, Detroit, San Francisco, 
Ravens. And if Detroit goes off and loses, that's almost like best case scenario for you. You're going to show up with a super low on Ravens 49 stack. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that it's like when you, cause I have a bunch of KC San Francisco as well. Cause if we, let's, let's start talking about these as like buckets of risk. So highest risk is a two, one seeds, right? The middle risk is a one seed and anyone. And then low risk is the non one seed builds, right? If you are taking the highest risk bucket and you get it to the finals, getting it to the finals means you win in, in like a lot of outcomes or at the very least, like you finish really highly, right? If you built a good team in the high risk bucket, then the whole tournament is get to the finals. If you built a good team in the medium risk bucket, which I would say KC San Francisco, that's medium risk bucket, right? You get that to the finals, you're probably going to have a sweat, but instead of there maybe being like 50 total teams that have players that could go through. And honestly, if Lamar has a bad game this week, if he scores, you know, a lower amount of points than he did in this last week, you're going to see even fewer teams that can field a full roster in the 400 man finals in the gauntlet. But if you get through with KC San Francisco, instead of it being like 50 teams that are live and your competitors, you're going to have like 150 or 200 teams that are your competitor. And so you can still get to the finals and have an incredible amount of equity in a in the Kansas City, San Francisco team, especially the strongest versions, right? Where you've got KC, you know, Mahomes, CMC, you know, maybe you mixed in a Kittle there and you happen to get, you know, Pacheco and Kelsey or Pacheco and Rice, right? If you got one of those, you're feeling really good. But if you just got one of the the middling KC San Francisco teams where it's like, I don't have CMC, but I've got Pacheco and I've got Ayuk on it. It's like, yeah, I mean, like you're live, but like, what do you think your odds are against the teams that have CMC plus those guys, right? Um, right. So, and then when you get all the way down to the lowest risk bucket, now all of a sudden it's like, okay, it was, you know, crazy thing happened. It was the Texans and Lions Super Bowl. And it's like, I know that people think that no one is building that, but like, I promise you, those teams were getting drafted. Like it was built. So you're going to show up in the finals. Neither of those are bi-week teams. And there's going to be 400 people that can field a starting lineup, you know, or at least a, a halfway decent lineup. And so it's those low risk ones. Instead of winning the tournament by making the finals, now you're in the finals and you're having to pray. It's like you're talking about the Kadarius Tony thing. Like if Tony has the best game of his life, I'm so live. But instead, I'd rather have the bet be if I if I get placed into a couple good pods, I win the tournament. That's that's what the bet is, right? Mm-hmm. I advanced round one. I found really it's I got one good pod and the bracket broke my way because you're you're asking for the good pod in round two while there's more live teams left in the tournament. And then round three, you have the least number of live teams left and you can have 10 remaining like I showed on my team there. And then all of a sudden it's, okay, I got the one pod that I needed. That was my my stroke of luck. Now I'm here in the semifinals. And as long as nothing terribly crazy happens, I walk to the finals and I've got all the combos covered for, you know, three out of the four different game combinations that I can have. So, yeah. And the other thing I would say, because you were doing a ton of Lamar builds, is that you did get your one pod, but you also didn't get your one pod on a team that was probably pretty similar to this. Like you had some bad luck and you had some good luck. Um, but because there's going to be one team, like you said, that, that kind of makes or breaks your ROI in this type of uh, 
these, you know, this type of portfolio, then, you know, you get lucky on one of the teams that's built with 10 live bullets and, and it's Ravens 49ers in Detroit heading into this week. I mean, that's, it's kind of all the luck you need. You don't need to get lucky on all those teams. Um, I think, yeah, for me, it's like kind of, you know, those builds, those low risk bucket builds, um, I have some of those for sure, but they were always kind of the the room forcing me into stuff. Like I have Jordan Love exactly. solo, right? Yeah, and so you're those those are sharp builds because the rooms decided you're not going to be able to do Plan A. You you pivot. You left yourself another NFC path, and you know you've got that maybe paired up with Detroit. So it's like it's a a bracket that makes sense. Green Bay, Detroit. That's exactly what we'd be looking at if Green Bay had upset the 49ers. Jordan Love solo. You know, I've got that covered. I've got advance rate uh, if they were to win, right? But I wasn't ever going in saying I'm going to build this super unlikely Super Bowl. Um, I have a lot of uh, Chiefs 49ers because that's one way that that was an easy way to build 49ers stuff. And it was a medium risk way, you know, where I, I'm trying to get through the this bye week team. But then I've also got this, this uh, high scoring team, good quarterback. These are all Mahomes quarterback teams, um, not Purdy teams. So that was kind of a, a way to do it where I was taking on some risk. But I think going in next year, going in and saying, I'm going high risk from the start. I'm going to force the issue on making sure that I'm building the more of these high risk teams where those don't like necessarily fall that clean you cleanly to you uh, depending on where ADP currently is. You had like, Sack, you were reaching some to take the some of Lamar, right? In the early drafts, when Lamar was going in the third round, I would click whatever 49ers people let me get in the first two rounds, and then I would always click Lamar. There was never okay. I was never doing a thing where I would deviate and say, like, well, now that I've got these two 49ers to start, what if I did it with the Chiefs build here? It's like eventually later, with the way that the room shaped up, it was like Chiefs are your best out when you play Christian. You got Christian McCaffrey. Your best chance is play Chiefs and pray that the room lets all of them fall to you, right? And that's how you end up with a bunch of Chiefs 49ers stuff. Um, what I would say for for next season, especially for if there's anyone listening to this and this was your first year really diving into playoff basketball and you got a meaningful amount of action down for yourself and you're, you're feeling a little burnt because it just didn't go your way this year. Maybe you didn't have a ton of volume, but you know, you drafted a hundred or 200 teams and you're just, you're out of bullets now. I would say go in with a game plan of how much you want to be in that high risk bucket. For me, I opted into high risk bucket every time it was feasible. Whenever I could go high risk bucket, Ravens 49ers Super Bowl, always preferring the Lamar side to the Purdy side. Because when you think about it, pretend it is Ravens 49ers Super Bowl and pretend that you and I are allowed to trade teams and we show up and I've got the Ravens side, and, and let's just say we both have CMC, but it's everything's the same all the way down, but it's just 1v1 Lamar versus Purdy. Which side do you want? You know, like you're going to take the Lamar side every time. And so for me, that's how I ended up with Wes Purdy because I played a ton of 49ers. I just played them all through Lamar if possible. And if it wasn't through Lamar, it was all through Mahomes. And if it wasn't through Mahomes, it was all through Tua, right? And just on down the list. And and so I think that when you're making your plan for next year, it's just decide, do you want to 
play this contest so that if you make the finals, you're winning the money? Or do you want to play this contest in a lower risk way where it's like, I can make the finals in a lot of years. I probably won't win very much money, but I won't risk as much either. But I want to play some of these medium risk and low risk buckets instead. And that's the way I want to do it. And just kind of kind of find the right balance for you and your draft strategy. For me, it was, I had a high degree of confidence that the Ravens are going to the Super Bowl and that Lamar was the quarterback you needed to win in the finals. And so I did it every single time that I thought it was reasonable to do it. I was looking at a lot of my early uh, Baltimore teams as well. And I'm like, man, how many of those teams had Keaton Mitchell? You know what I mean? So oh, like, yeah. that was, that's, that's just a great point that you brought up, Seth. You had conviction on a player. You targeted him. And uh, you target them throughout the contest. Me, when I saw your teams in the chats that we were talking through, I was going, hey, man, man, Sachs already got the, the nut draw on Lamar. I'm like, why am I going to focus all my points on Lamar in the third or Lamar in the early second? Because he's got them all in the third. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to start doing like more San Francisco-based builds with different AFC players, which obviously is not going to end up well for me. So um, it's, just a, it's just a great point that, hey, if you have conviction on a guy – no matter throughout the process, take them, especially if there's a new contest that opens up. And that's a big thing as well. Realize that there's a new contest. Nothing matters where his ADP was beforehand. Take him where you need to take him. Yeah, I also think that, look, I was not in, I, like, if you had asked me, Pat, how how, will, how willing are you to go with kind of the high-risk builds? I was said, very willing. That sounds great. Uh, you know, I'm going to be firing a lot of these these teams but I didn't end up with enough of it, or I probably ended up with a, with a, some of it too late. I've advanced zero Lamar teams uh, to this point. So, you know, clearly I, I should have, if that was the goal, I should, I should have been drafting a little differently. Um, I think one of the, like, when I look back is just kind of a lesson. It, it's this idea of like, when you go, um, two 49er skill players, and then you grab Purdy, it feels like you have all these outs. You know, it's like I can – and now I just have the NFC covered, and and I need to – because I need to cover a bye week. You know, I need to – I need kind of to be getting some advance rate guys to help me get this team through. And now I can use three different teams, and I'm not having – now if, you know, if Purdy's gone and Lamar's there, I would take Lamar. Uh, but I, I often would take Purdy instead of Lamar as this idea of like, oh, it's going to give me more flexibility. But I do think that if you're not intentionally saying, no, I want to be overweight this high-risk bucket that is going to give me the best chance if the bracket plays out this way, but when the two one seeds meet each other in the Super Bowl, it's going to be very difficult for, for other people to have strong builds with those teams. And so that's the cleanest path to you actually winning the tournament because you can show up and there's just like 10 teams you're really competing against and it's the most likely thing to happen in real life that these one seeds play each other so it's it's a it's definitely a leak for me i think where it's like no you have to pry the the room's not going to make it that easy and the builds are never going to feel super comfy because you're trying to do something very difficult getting through two bye week teams one thing that i would i want to get your guys thoughts on with this in mind is when I was building out teams in the very early weeks of this contest, I drafted solo one quarterback. Like I was like, let the, let everything fall where it may. I'm not going to try to predict which 
I'm going to have amazing two seed teams, basically, right? I'm going to, and I'm going to, you know, if the Ravens end up with the bye, those Ravens teams are going to be dead. But when I look back, I'm like, man, that was actually an opportunity to just say the Ravens are going to get the bye or the 49ers are going to get the bye and build out really, really strong teams that correctly predicted which team was going to get the bye. Now, I probably end up with some like weird Eagles builds as well because um, they look like they were going to have the buy in those or that early week. Uh, <laughs> things were different then, but <laughs> the, um, but there's like an opportunity in those early weeks to actually build out that high risk bucket in a way that, you know, maybe you have a little bit easier time uh, getting that team to advance. Do you guys agree with that no, at all? That's a, that's a great point. And I actually agree with that because you think about it, Josh Allen was going undrafted, right? Almost in those contests in the very beginning. Like, like, and I'm not, I'm not talking, obviously he wasn't going undrafted, but like you could get him in the seventh or eighth round. Yeah, you could get him very and, late. And he put up an extremely high number of fantasy points in the wild card round and the divisional round. And he lost, but he got you at least through that first week when Lamar went off for the QB1 at 36. So, yeah, I mean, it's great. I usually tend to go to the opposite conference for the quarterback, you know, so I have that option. But I think that matters less to me when I have Lamar. Like, if I think he's going to be the guy and he's going to be the top scorer in the fan, in the Super Bowl, just give me any quarterback that can run really well and score a lot of points instead of these, like, trying to stack them with the high-value piece players. I mean, it's worth it. It's worth it. But I think there's some credence there, you know. Stack these guys early with high fantasy points. I think it just – Makes sense. Yeah, when I when I think through it, um, my initial plan of attack was I wanted to kind of treat it like I treated the ambiguity around the KC and Buffalo by last year, where I drafted all of those as one quarterback teams. Half of them were dead, and half of them were not. But I think the leak that I had this year was that I I was framing it using that binary nature of the one seed from last year when it wasn't a binary nature for the one seed this year. And I didn't, you know, like it was, you definitely could have had the Dolphins get the one seed. You could have the Ravens get the one seed. You could have the Chiefs get the one seed, right? Like all these different teams could have gotten the one seed. Eagles could have gotten it. 49ers could have gotten it. Cowboys could have gotten it. Shit, even the Lions could have gotten the one seed. And so it's when you don't have that binary nature attacking it the way that I did this year and last year where I'm going to draft them all, one quarterback teams, half dead, half alive. The half that are alive have a disproportionate amount of equity to the equity I lost. So I'm I'm cool with it, um, is a leak when it's not binary like it was last year. And so I definitely agree with Pat that in the earliest, the first week, second week of the contest, you do want to mix up some of that and take some buy predictions, which I did, but I, I only did it for my first 20 teams, for example, only three had two quarterbacks. Two of them were Purdy teams, so I got that right. And one of them was a Mahomes team, so I got that wrong. And then my biggest, I mean, I'm just telling my wife we can never go on vacation during drafting season again because we went to Hawaii the next week, and that's the week when I would have been like, it's Ravens Super Bowl, baby. Like, Ravens yeah, one yeah. seed, and, and Lamar was still going in the third round then. Like, shit, I could have had 50% Lamar, you know, <laughs> and, and I would have had him – all with a second quarterback at that point. And unfortunately I didn't get that, but 
I, I did my damnedest once I got back, and that's why all the the mitten twos that I had have. You have to tell the story before you show the the Lamar team that's that's super live if they make the Super Bowl, <laughs> no matter no matter who they play. You have to, we can't feel sorry for your Hawaii trip anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean we can we can feel sorry though that the only. Lamar CMC team that I had that made it through to last week got nuked because of pod luck. And I was drafting those in like when you could get Lamar CMC, I remember I was messaging you guys. I was messaging crutches and being like, if you're not clicking all the Lamar CMC that the market lets you click right now, like, what are you doing? This is like when that Super Bowl happens, like this isn't going to be available as prices change, you know, like, and it wasn't. And God, I just, I, I wish that I'd hammered that a little more. So I definitely agree in mixing up predictions on the bye week teams, especially if it's not a binary situation. If it's a binary situation, I think you do lean into the, fuck it, half my teams are dead, half of them are crazy. I have the best two seed teams. But the more that I think about it, I think you really only want to do that when you have a high degree of confidence that the two seed and the one seed... That's- have similar Super Bowl probability. That's what right? I wanted to, to get to. Yeah. Last year, I think as we look at kind of the the year, what year was more similar going to years going forward, it's it's probably this year where there's not like two teams that are super, super likely to be the, the teams in the Super Bowl. And we're just not sure who has the one seed. That was last year. And this year it was like the Ravens eventually emerged as kind of the team. And then behind them, it's sort of like, I don't know. So like having chiefs mega teams was not that cool and also available later. So, you know, like the, in reality, the opportunity in those early weeks was to build Ravens mega teams, assuming they had the buy. And like, you know, I was very jealous of the, um, the bills, San Francisco stuff that people were able to build in the early weeks. But if you were able to build Ravens 49ers bill stuff, I mean, that's, that was like the real nuts in the, in the early weeks. That's what I kept saying is I'm not worried about the bills 49ers teams. I'm worried about the bills Ravens teams. Like anyone that actually used Josh Allen as an advance rate piece for Lamar, like that was my biggest leak was not doing that early. Um, and God, I, like if there was someone that attacked that aggressively, like they'll be the one that wins the gauntlet, you know, like I, I would say with a pretty high, if someone hit that hard over the first couple weeks, like you'd have to mess up your, your draft so bad to not ship it. If you had the, the, you know, well, you need the right to make the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and then, sorry, to go back to Ravens, make the Super Bowl, another big part of like what's shaping all of our decisions. This is a probabilistic game. And because the Ravens had like an 80% plus chance of making the conference championship. And then let's just assume a coin flip, right? Let's say that they're on even ground with whoever shows up in the conference championship of their opponent. Okay. So it's 40% Ravens Super Bowl. Like, and, and when you think of the way that this, that draft games work where you're, if you're even with the field on Lamar, you're 16%. But I'm telling you that the Ravens are 40% to make the Super Bowl. So if you show up even with the field, yeah. do you want to have that position? Is that a position that you want to have? When the event that we think is going to occur 40% of the time, you're representing 16% of the time. Hey, Seth. Right. Hey, Seth, let me ask you a question real quick. When you're doing the Lamar CMC double click, like if you're at the 101, you get CMC. 
You come back at the 301, you take Lamar. Who are you taking at the 206? You taking Kittle? Or are you taking like maybe a, more of an advanced rate piece like Amon Ra? I was usually I was trying to do it. If you could get Kittle, I would just do Kittle there. I had a good amount of like CMC Kittle early. Those ones died with uh, you know, like Jag stuff, or they died with Keaton Mitchell. Um, and, and so those didn't make it out. As the prices shifted and you couldn't get Kittle as frequently there, then I was doing like Lamar plus whoever I wanted. A, a lot of it was Tony Pollard, actually, because at the time the Cowboys were like far and away the highest probability of showing up in the conference championship alongside San Francisco. And so it was just so clean you could get and and that was when Dak was going late. Dak was going in like the sixth round. People, you know, everyone talks about the Josh Allen in the seventh round. No one wants to talk about the Dak Prescott in the sixth round. Like it was the same thing, you know? Yeah. And so I had a lot of that's actually how I got some of my Lamar teams through is I had the Dak Lamar. And, and that's really what helped propel you through that first round. And then Lamar took it in the second round. But yeah, I did quite a bit of Tony Pollard. That's how I ended up with 38% Tony Pollard um, early on in the contest because he he just felt like such an easy click there. And then I was really, I wanted to play it through, you know, 49ers Ravens. I know the Cowboys are going to play round one because I'm, I'm assuming the 49ers have a bye, right? And then yeah. I didn't see a huge difference between Brandon Cooks or Jake Ferguson as like my secondary pass catcher option because you're not getting CD that way, right? And so on all the teams that I went, Tony Pollard, Jake Ferguson, those all advanced. On the ones where I went, Tony Pollard, Brandon Cooks, those all died, you know? But uh, yeah, for, for me, the vast majority of it was just play it through the highest probability. It, hey, it's Cowboys. And then when you don't get that, then you just, it's order of operations. Like the game doesn't have to be that hard. It's like, oh, they de they declined Cowboys to me. Like, I guess I'll take Amon Ra. And, and that's how I ended up with that build that I showed with the 10 live. It's like, ah, Cowboys are off the menu, but Amon Ross slid. And so now I get to do Detroit. And so again, like the landscape will change next year. We'll have different probabilities of teams making the conference championship and teams will be different levels of relative strength to each other. But I think that if you're using those probabilities to guide your decisions and then whenever something, whenever we have an event represented as like so much larger than 16%, because that's kind of like your your threshold, if an event is that much larger than it, just know that like you're crushing the field. It, it You don't even have to be that good. You're just like, Vegas says the Ravens make the Super Bowl 40% of the time. I think those Vegas guys are pretty sharp. And you just click the Ravens every time you can because you're going to have a hard time getting up to 40% of your portfolio representing Ravens in the Super Bowl. Like, even well, I think I specifically as well, Lamar, right in the Super Bowl, like if you're looking at Bills, you're looking at Ravens, um, I would probably say Chiefs as well, uh, especially next year. Uh, it's like the the guy you're going to want in those, uh, in those builds is that quarterback who's going to be you know, so likely to be the highest scoring quarterback in that Super Bowl, especially especially this year with the 49ers being on the opposite side. Um, but, you know, when you look at like what the Chiefs might look like next year, if Kelsey's declining a little bit more, maybe they, they bring in someone, Rice is going to be, it could be very similar where it's like, man, I don't know. It's like, but I know Mahomes. Like I know, and that's what the way it was this year. Where it's like with Lamar, you know it's Lamar. If they're in the Super Bowl, you know you want Lamar. And so, you know, if you ended up with like 40% Lamar and 30% uh, flowers or 25% flowers, like that's not a big deal. 
you know, the, the more important part is to have Lamar, who's going to be the engine. Uh, and that's kind of how you want to, you want to make that bet. And I think that's, as I look at like, man, I should have been clicking way more Lamar, just that, that simple, that, that simple framework. I love the way you're putting it like 40% that Lamar makes a Super Bowl. I at least want 40% of my teams to reflect, you know, that Lamar is in the, in the fucking Super Bowl. This is how we win. You don't want to show up to a Lamar Super Bowl without Lamar. Yeah, yeah it that, sounds so that. silly, but it's that easy, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, not, not only that, like it's a two of six shot, right? In the gauntlet to advance. Like we should have been taking more risk, higher risk, like sack, because yeah. hey, it's a two of six shot to get into the next round. It's another two of fourteen, which is one of seven, right? So those are pretty good odds, especially playing with all the dead teams that especially with the Dallas thing. And I just want to comment that's a really sharp play, sack, and uh I should have been on Lamar more. And uh, the best part was about Lamar was even if you missed out on Zay Flowers, you still had Isaiah Likely late. You still had Nelson yeah. Aguilar late. Yeah. You still had uh, Mark Andrews coming in for this this week possibly, right? And Sacco Super Bowl hammer, Mark Andrews. Yep, he's going to celebrate like crazy. And, right, uh, and I thought I was sharp, right, because I'm like, oh, I'm mixing in Mark Andrews, but I didn't take enough Lamar in the first place. And I just you just sure. the absolute carnage of this format is something that I didn't really have my head around of like. If you show up like if you're overweight Lamar, you're you're overweight relative to 17%. You're not overweight relative, I mean, unless you're absolutely hammering him, you're not overweight relative to his odds of making the Super Bowl. That's going to be difficult to do. And so, you know, when when you just kind of let the market decide when you get Lamar a little bit in this scenario, then odds are you're probably not going to have any Lamar. When it comes time for the conference championship, because so many of your teams are going to be done uh, in in round one, because you just didn't happen to have Jake Ferguson or whatever, um, the chaos here is is just so outrageous. There's such high variance, um, but I think that that doesn't lead me to feel like, oh man, what a what a highly variant game. It leads me to be like, oh, I if I want some, if I want to make a stand, I really have to make a stand. Yeah. And I, I'll say like, you know, no matter uh, how much we toot my horn of like, wow, that was really sharp sack. You clicked a bunch of Lamar probably ain't even min cash in the gauntlet finals boys. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm probably <laughs> dead in the gauntlet. My, my one, I have two live teams left in the gauntlet. They're both, I, I don't even think I've shared them anywhere. Cause I don't like them. They're just whatever. One of them is a Jared Goff QB team with Detroit, the best Detroit pieces and Ravens. But it's like, if that makes the Super Bowl, like, I'm probably chopping. You know, someone, other people are going to get there with Jared Goff and Ravens pieces. And so it's just whatever. And it's very unlikely, I, in my opinion, that the the Lions upset the 49ers. Um, and and so it's like, yeah, all, all of that Lamar that I had, you know, there were definitely a couple teams where I think I had like three where I, I got, you know, quote unquote, bad pod luck in the gauntlet where I could have had some pretty sick. Uh, Lamar and, and CMC teams come through the one in particular really chapped my ass. But uh, for those, it's just like, well, I got fortunate in the other tournaments. I got, you know, I have three Lamar CMC teams in the mitten too. And like, yes, that was accessible in that time box window. And so that's going to be more common when you go to the finals, but I'm just hoping through sheer volume of hopefully I get all three of those into the finals. And then I have all the different permutations covered that way. 
that's my my hope there. Um, and and I got you know a couple other teams that were really lucky in other tournaments too, where it's like, ooh, I advanced a sixty pointer this week. Like <laughs> that's pretty fortunate. Um, so you just don't know where the variance is going to land on your side. That's why I I do so much volume in this format specifically. Like all of these best ball type games that we play are extremely high variance games with a pretty demonstrable edge. So I do think that you want to approach them from a volume standpoint. And it's why I recommended to people at the outset, like if you've got, you know, 500 bucks, you're getting down, like do a hundred mittens. Don't do like just a few gauntlets. You want have a bunch of shots on goal. Cause if I had decided like my, I want to get so much volume down and you know, my time is too valuable to be spending it on mittens and little mittens. I probably wouldn't have as many live final shots as I have now. If I only did big mittens and gauntlets, like I might be here, you know, staring at my bags thinking, I hope this is only a minus 50% year for me, you know? So mm -hmm. you really want that volume um, if you're going to play these formats and, and play it. Like if you're playing, cause you're like, I want to be profitable at this long-term, like I would highly recommend that you're doing it with volume. And I just remember the third point I wanted to make on that, Pat had a great thing earlier. Yeah. Um, when we're taught and the barbell approach that G talked about when you're entering these tournaments uh, earlier, when we first were talking about this format at the very beginning of all this content, we had talked about like segment out your entries, maybe 20 a week or 30 a week or whatever it is that you're going to do and get those down in that window. And you're kind of time boxing yourself. You're time boxing your own entries in the bigger contests like the gauntlet. Um, I think that, taking that approach and consistently feeding yourself a diet of information from this is what the ADP landscape looks like. This is what my opponents are getting in rooms. These are combos that would be crazy in the Super Bowl. You know, like Lamar CMC in the gauntlet, really, really uncommon over the entire course of the tournament. There's a two-week period where it was like, yeah, everyone has Lamar CMC, but that was also the two-week period where everyone drafted Jaguars, everyone drafted Keaton Mitchell before Gus Edwards, right? And so when you arm yourself with that information, now you know, like, okay, the teams that I'm up against in the Super Bowl, there's going to be a couple Lamar CMCs, but I can still potentially just hope that the chaos kills all those. And if I show up with Lamar Kittle, I'm still probably okay. And then also on the flip side, knowing like, Man, uh, if I show up with, you know, Patrick Mahomes without CMC, but I have Ayuk and I don't have one of Rice or Kelsey, but I've got Pacheco, like knowing that that is dead in the Super Bowl because it's like everyone and their mom could get the sick Chiefs San Francisco stuff, dude. So like showing up there with just the super watered down version isn't yeah. going to cut it in those medium and low risk buckets in the high risk bucket it's just a volume game. It's like, I will take every high risk shot you let me take because almost all of them are dead, right? They're, they're all dead anyway. So like if I sneak one through, even if it's the worst version of a Lamar team, it might be one of eight or 10 in the finals. Right. So. Yeah. Let me share another team here. Um, this is a team of mine that advanced, uh, got some pod luck at only uh, 68 points this past week. Um, this is in the mitten in this advanced. And this team, uh, I think, will should help illustrate a point. This team is going to just be blocked by Sack's team if it gets in. But um, I kind of am curious about your guys' thoughts on building teams that are, like, more 
so this team is is Lamar and Dak, and then it's it builds a very clean Super Bowl with Tony Pollard, Justice Hill, C.D. Lamb, Zay Flowers, Jake Ferguson, Isaiah Likely. Then I tacked on Dalton Kincaid, even though Sack told me not to. Uh, and then I I, I did uh, Rashad Bateman um, as well. So I've got it's I don't know exactly why I went with the one off uh, random Buffalo piece, but I guess I'm curious on your thoughts here. Like imagine that instead of all the Dak stuff, all the the Cowboy stuff, I had just gone full Bills and a build here where it's Bills Ravens. Now you feel worse about that with the with the Bills losing and everything, but like trying to get like trying to play the Super Bowl with just one team. So going aggressively for, let's say, the AFC Conference Championship, especially where you had Lamar. We know so many of the points are going to flow through Lamar. We have Allen. We know it's very similar there. So they're going to be, you know, they're going to be crushing. And, uh, you know, they – we don't know exactly where the points are going to be distributed, but you've got like the rest of your team is basically trying to capture those points. Um, and then, you know, you're going to lose like half your team, but the other half will be alive uh, because you've pred- correctly predicted the AFC championship game. Now you show up to the Super Bowl, you flip the cards over five Ravens, no 49ers or five Ravens, no lions. Do you feel like that's just kind of not playing for first? Um, Correct. You know, you're dead. or you're just, you think you're just you're dead. There's no version of that where you're like, I've got the whole Ravens team and I don't have uh, Jameer Gibbs. So, so I'm just basically it's, dead. it's death by a thousand one v ones, right? G because it's yeah. like it's not that yeah, one 100%. person as you dominated. It's that between everyone else in the finals, this guy has you, but it's a one v one, and your one v one is Bateman versus you know, let's just say it's 49ers, just Bateman versus Kittle. Kittle. You know, and then, but it's fine because Bateman beats Kittle. Okay, well now there's a guy over here that's likely oh, so. versus CMC, right? Or it's Gus <laughs> Edwards versus CMC. <laughs> you know, so so like you show up and and you maybe you you're just fighting off all these teams and you're you're crushing them, but there's just one or two that have the correct one v one because you're playing against the field. If it was just one other team, like, yeah, you can show up with five. So I would say, you know, where this is really sharp is those ultra small field finals, high stakes contests. And I actually, the Dallas version of that, I I thought that was a sick team. I even think the Dalton Kincaid tack on was fine. It wasn't what I would do. I would have done a different player, depending, especially (laughs) depending on when you drafted it. Cause like, I don't know when I drafted it. Trip on this. Early when people were drafting the Bills, do you know who had the same probability of going to the Super Bowl, same conference championship probability as the Bills when they were 15%? I don't know. It was the Buccaneers, except they were like 3x to actually make the playoffs. They had lower probabilities going forward because they were a worse team than the Bills, right? But when you have three times the probability to actually make the play, yeah, they got just as far. And guess what? Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans – advanced you even better than Josh Allen and any of his skill position players did, right? Like, mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. week one, Josh Allen had a, a little leg up on uh, Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans. But, like, if you had, had if you tack Rashad White on there, like, you're probably doing just fine. Because none of, none of the Bills' skill position pieces did anything. You know, it was just Josh Allen gave you that score that you had to have in that first week, you know, next to Dak. But, yeah, I, I think – those yeah, builds, think, though, are, are really yeah, sharp. Um, I, I like those in the, in the very small stuff. 
in the small, small stuff. stuff. In the large stuff yeah. too, if you did it as the opposite side of the conference. So you could show up to the Super Bowl and you're like, hello, it's me, Mr. 10 live in the Super Bowl, Dallas, yes. and, Dallas and Baltimore. Um, I, I'm, I'm very open to those. Yeah, if you do a 5-5 with the opposite conferences with both trying to get to the Super Bowl, that's totally fine. But doing like 10 from one conference in a large field like the gauntlet, you're you're dead to win the whole thing. Um, my favorite construction this this year was more of a 4-3-3. The only problem was when I had my Baltimore team, I'd have a, a team like the Dallas Cowboys as my three, which I'd have Pollard, Ferguson, and Cook. And then I'd have like, oh, let me uh, – they're the two seed. Let me get the Rams so they won't ever meet. You know, if they win, because I'm like, there's no way the Packers are going to win, you know. And then uh, I'm like, oh, let me get Puka, Kyron and Cup and then have Lamar with his three guys, whatever three guys you want. And uh, and I'm sorry, I'd have insert one of those guys for a quarterback, obviously, as a four, three, three, you know, to fill up the bye right. week. But uh, yeah, man. And you just be like, oh, I'm feeling great, man. I got this team through. And then I, I go to my like sheet and see my 46 teams. I go, Baltimore for uh, okay, dead. And I put <laughs> like, okay, well, Baltimore, uh, dead. Skull next to it. Like, I'd be like, man, these teams would have been so sick if the Cowboys just won, you know? Yeah. Story yeah. of my life. Yeah. Zach, can you pull up that, that, uh, your mitten team again? Cause I'm just curious, like, exactly, exactly how you built it out with. Did you have five lines on that? Uh, Let's see. I think I had four I lions. But, so you uh, you advanced round one with only four players? No, because I had Chiefs as well. Um, oh, up here, oh, you have Chiefs on there. Okay. Did you have Pacheco? You had Pacheco, right? I had Rice, oh. I believe. Rice. Um, okay. Yeah, no Pacheco. Because uh, it is interesting to think because like it's tempting, right? It's tempting to be like as you sit here, you're like man, if I just built out the Chiefs Ravens, then I definitely have teams live. You know, the guys live in the Super Bowl. But you, that's a bad impulse in these big tournaments. But here's, I, you know, this is a team we all actually wish we had. Um, I'm just curious about exactly how, how you, yeah, got I it. think I, let me, let me go to the draft board and see if we can. I think you have this to go, the, yeah, I have to, have to go around back. Yeah. yeah. That looked like the quarterfinals, right? Yeah. So you got to go to the, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I've got to, got to go round back. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, like that team, that team looked like a 4 3 3 a little bit, honestly. Like it had San Francisco. No, was it? What was it, Zach? Was it a. No, it had teams. It had players from four different teams. Yeah, it's Baltimore, Detroit, uh, KC, San Francisco. Okay, there we go. So it's a good team. Yeah. I had a couple like that. I had a couple like that. Just no Lamar. I had a few teams named very fun Ravens, and then they would finish third. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. So here's the draft. Um, I'll zoom in here a little bit. Okay, so let's see here. So I'm out of the one spot, and I just double tapped the CMC Lamar and then went to Amon Ra. Now, why did I not do... Um, why did I not do Pollard here? Maybe because I've got the Dak guy on this or the, the lamb drafter lamb fell so much here that, uh, I, I, I would assume that it was just cause I didn't think I could get back the pieces that I, if I go mm -hmm. Pollard here, that I might end up, you know, 
getting totally boxed out of the other pieces that I wanted. And, uh, and also Amonra wasn't really falling to 13 here. So I think the impetus of like, well, I won't have very many CMC Lamar Amonra teams was, was enough to make me do that. Um, then get Jameer Gibbs and Rashi Rice coming back. Rashi Rice at this point in the draft was like our 12th highest ranked player um, in, on our leg up rankings. And for him to go to 25, like I think all of us were extremely overweight Rashi early on. Yep. Um, so yeah. him falling to 25, I was like insta smashing Rashi Rice. Um, and then I get the Sam Laporta, Jared Goff. Uh, Odo Beckham, Nelson Aguilar, and then finish it up with Mark Andrews as my my playoff hammer here. Um, so yeah, the, and, and you know I did this a lot. I probably have this start like over a hundred times in all my drafts, and I've got like seven of them now. You know that made it through. So it's like mm-hmm. like we talked about on the you know, the high probability stuff, like don't be scared consolidating your bets. When you, when you see like the good path that's there, like, especially when it's the high risk bucket, like as long as you're comfortable with the high risk, you should really lean into that. Cause it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard to get those through. Um, so your, your, um, your five in round one were Amon Ra, Gibbs, Rasheed Rice, Goff and Laporta. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, the Rasheed Rice is an advance rate piece is is pretty sweet. So it, obviously that took some luck with that him falling to you, but you've got, I mean, that's kind of, that's truly the best of both. This, they were this was what else uh, let me advance in this pod. This, uh, uh, I don't have a nice word to use. This <laughs> person taking Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, <laughs> like God Dude, bless you, you so much. God bless you, sir. Uh, <laughs> you know, I appreciate you losing the game for yourself and trying real hard to win it for me. Cause like, this is just King donkey shit right here. Like this is the worst he, shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he was the one seed, right? He was the one overall, right? He won first, right? And you got second. Is that what happened? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he smashed yeah. first. Right. Cause yeah. he had, you know, he had Dak Pollard, Jake Ferguson, Josh Allen. No one else could score any points. He had, Dude, you snuck up all the points and you and you snuck through. I just before. limped. I limped across the finish line, you know, next Dude, to this guy so with a Stafford so team and this guy who took Geno Smith, Tyler Lockett, Kenneth. Like this guy had four dead players around one, you know. Um, and right. Steph Diggs. That's based. This is a dead player too that you took in the third round. Like in the sixteen, and the sixteen had Puka, and he had an awful. Prime time game Monday night football game with the whole entire Philly team, you know. Yeah, yeah. He had he got the Amari Cooper, uh, Gabe yeah, Davis. Yeah. Like, yeah, I I got. Ex- but this is what we're talking about. Like, did I get extremely want? fortunate in this pod? You bet. But that's what we <laughs> want. Like, we're like, mm-hmm. let me get lucky one time here because you know when you can get lucky when your luck has to come from someone else doing something stupid instead of a random event, right? Like. If I'm relying on the stupidity of my opponents to make me lucky, as opposed to the random bouncing of a football in an NFL game, I would prefer to bet on the stupidity of my opponents 100 times out of 100, right? Like, just let me have that because if I'm if I'm waiting until the Super Bowl and I'm like, please, Kadarius Tony, like, get on in there. I mean, it, it Matt, like, how far along is the game? How educated is the field? You know, and we felt that 
people were probably not like playing this game as sharply as they will be in the future this year. So I think that's that's another thing. Like if this was a different game, you we would probably actually prefer to flip a coin on, on some of these more soft. Exactly, games. exactly, and that's the big difference between playoff best ball and regular season best ball. Like there's lots of spots in regular season best ball where I'm like, yeah, just get me to the finals and let me flip a coin, right? That's that's more like what you're trying to do in that format. Where in this format, it's like, I've made it to the finals and now I've won. Is that's right. that's the big difference. Right. Um, well, let me just, uh, I don't even think this is a lesson, but I just want to share, this is my pride and joy, guys. Uh, Chiefs to the Super Bowl, please, one time. <laughs> even though it's happens repeatedly. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is my my big mitten. And I guess just for any of the big tournaments, I mean, we talked about, you know, playing it a little more conservatively. Thoughts on trying to have some of this medium risk bucket in the bigger uh, tournaments as well, because you're taking on like each, each uh, entry costs more money and you would prefer not to lose that money. Right. So it would make, maybe make a little bit more sense to next year, like firing my one seed plus one seed stuff more at the mitten or at the gauntlet, which, you know, is a very top heavy, big final structure, even though it's 25 and entry, but trying to keep some of this middle risk stuff. And this is a, a very nice, I mean, I'm literally doing this just to show you this team. I'm pretending I have a lesson. Um, this is a pretty pristine middle risk team here: Mahomes, McCaffrey, Pacheco, Kelsey, Rice, Brandon Cooks, Jake Ferguson, Justin Watson, Jawan Jennings, Kadarius Tony. I built this team probably like, like I probably built this almost this exact team probably like ten or fifteen times. Like this was a very easy thing you could do out of the one hole, Same. middle risk, and so this is one of the ones that I have live. I feel very good about this team. If the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, they probably don't. But this is also a higher uh, stakes tournament where I, I think if I'm going to build this type of thing again, I do feel better about it in the higher stakes stuff, I think, than uh, having so much of this type of build left in the gauntlet where I, you know, I would just so much rather have the more likely real life outcome in my portfolio with the, with the Ravens build. I, I think that's a super prescient point. And the one thing I would say is so much of it does depend on your draft position and what the room gives you, right? Like I, and I don't think you're saying like, Oh, turn down those high risk options when they're right. presented to you, I'm not. but it's, but it's when you can pick between the two and they're both, you're going to be able to build paths that are both great. It's, it's a great version of both paths and you're, you're picking the road that's diverging in the woods you can pick the path less risky, you know, for, for those higher stakes ones. And, and again, like you can kind of expand that to your macro approach for all the tournaments. Like if you're a player where you're like, I'm putting down, I'm maxing the gauntlet and I'm maxing two mittens. And so I'm going to have like $5,000 in action down and I do not want to lose $5,000. Like I, you know, if I lose a thousand bucks in this, like, so be it, but I don't want to lose 5,000 bucks. Well, then maybe you do it where your default is middle risk, you know? And then when you get gifted the like crazy high risk stuff that looks like, wow, this is really clean. Like stuff is falling way too far. Like now I'm going to pounce and do the high risk stuff. Then you take it. So I, I just think it's kind of finding that right balance and approach for you as a player. And I definitely think it's sharp to switch it up based on the format as well. 
Yeah, that, that, right. uh, that, that team right there, man, I've had like 15 and 20 times in the gauntlet. That yeah. same team. Yeah. That yeah. same team. Yeah, it was it, it was yeah. like a template build. And this was very much one that the, the tool was like, I don't think I probably deviated from the tool once on that build. It, this was a, a very much tool approved build. Um it's a great it's a great team. I mean, I just can Mahomes score over 20 fantasy points, right? That's gonna be can he win, can he win a game? That's really what we want. <laughs> but hey, yeah, me, you know, me and Davis Maddock are gonna be rooting just as hard for the Chiefs this one time. <laughs> Um, all right, pouring, guys. Pouring I think we right? pouring out for Liam. Uh, it's uh, I mean, Bill's got a lot of breaks in that game, and they they still you know. So you can't. I don't, now now we're risking uh, upsetting upsetting Bills after a rough loss. It was a rough loss. We feel for you, Bills. Uh, but I think we we're gonna get out of here. We um, we have uh, some content uh, planned for the site coming up. I'm working on Dynasty stuff. Uh, gonna get a refresh of the dynasty ranks out soon. Um, also, uh, looking at some early thoughts. Sack's been uh, tinkering with a, with an article and some early thoughts on way too early formats. So uh, we'll have content out for you on the site, written content out uh, in the near future. Look for that. Good luck this weekend. Uh, hope you guys are able to advance some sick teams into the finals of these various tournaments. See you then.